you beyond the borderline this is a podcast dedicated to exploring in a realistic and hopeful way what it's like to live with borderline personality disorder and other mental health problems. My name is Aline and I am your host for this podcast. I want to issue a proviso at the beginning of the podcast which is that this is absolutely not a substitute for professional mental health and or medical intervention. So please seek out those sources of support if you need them. And I also want to mention that I will be discussing topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation and addiction that may be triggering for a number of people. I aim not to discuss those topics in a detailed way as I don't really think that adds anything to the discussion and does not really fit in with the mission of this podcast. However, in a spirit of being authentic about my life with borderline personality disorder, those topics will be mentioned in this and subsequent episodes. And I will do my best to issue trigger warnings before I start discussions about those or other potentially triggering topics. Hi, this is Aline from Beyond the Borderline. I want to start by apologising for the lateness of part two of my three-part episode on BPD or EUPD and relationships. I've had quite a difficult past three weeks as I lost my beloved dog, Ronnie, very unexpectedly. He was eight years old. He contracted a fatal infection. As you can imagine, it's been devastating for me. In addition, I'm involved in a stressful house move. I decided I needed to step back and prioritise my own mental and emotional health and stability. I wanted to put out another mini-sode. Something happened this week which I have been thinking about and processing. I thought it might be relevant to some of you who listen to this podcast. On that note, I must acknowledge two Twitter followers at Beyond the Border 3. That's at Beyond the B-O-R-D-E 3, who very kindly tweeted me to acknowledge this podcast has been helping them. And I'm not going to mention your Twitter handles because I haven't asked you for permission. But hopefully, if you're listening, you'll know who you are. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to do that because you reaching out lets me know that this is helping other people. That, in turn, really helps me. So, Thank you. Okay, so this short episode is about when we get triggered by a tone of voice or a look. BPD folks out there listening, if you're in the UK, you may understand BPD as EUPD or Emotionally Unstable Personality Disorder. I prefer to use BPD because I have a personal dislike of the term emotionally unstable personality disorder. That's just my preference. BPD folks, has this ever happened to you where someone has spoken to you with a certain tone or given you a certain look and there's nothing really explicitly judgmental or hostile in the way they're looking at you or speaking to you. However, you get really triggered and you might start feeling 
ashamed or angry or some other intense emotion or you're not even necessarily aware of what you're feeling however you have an urge to react in a certain way that may be self-destructive or that may leave you feeling not so great about yourself well if you have you're certainly not alone I think this is a very common feature for those of us who experience BPD and to some degree I think most humans react negatively when they sense that another person is speaking to them in a judgmental tone or giving them the side eye or ignoring them. My personal experience and my opinion is that for those of us with BPD, these experiences can be really devastating in a way that other people might not understand. Before I had much awareness about BPD and what it meant to have BPD, on top of the really painful experience of being triggered by a look or a tone of voice, I then sort of beat myself up for, in quotes, being so sensitive because other people didn't really understand. To be fair, there's not much way they could understand. I want to propose before we can really do anything about these intense reactions and intense emotional states, we need to work on accepting them. That doesn't mean that we approve of them. I don't like having to navigate my emotional intensities in response to other people in my environment in a way that people who don't have BPD might not have to. I find it really exhausting. It has affected my life in ways that are very negative, in my opinion. And it's a daily effort to do this, change the way I react to situations and to manage my mental health. Accepting this for me means I say to myself, it is what it is. I don't keep telling myself it shouldn't be this way and I'm wrong for being this way and I wish it wasn't this way and I hate it and etc, etc. I might have that thinking process and be very angry and that's okay. And at the same time, I keep bringing myself back to this is what it is. It is what it is. I have these emotional reactions to people looking at me and people's tones of voices. I'm more sensitive than other people and my emotions get triggered differently to other people's. That's what I'm working with. What can I do about it? I'm not suggesting this is an easy or linear process, but for me, the concept of acceptance, not approval, but accepting reality how it is, has been fundamental in then looking at my symptoms and with professional help working on managing them, changing some of my responses to life around me and people around me to make for a more fulfilling life. I've noticed to someone with BPD certain tones of voice and certain looks from other people can really pierce me to the core and send me into a great deal of emotional distress to the point of having urges to self-harm and having suicidal ideation. Now one of the things that I've realised is that the thoughts that I have when I'm in that emotional distress aren't necessarily factual. I might interpret 
another person's tone of voice or look as them thinking a certain thing about me or having certain ideas about me that on further investigation might not be the case. And I started to find this out when I was in group therapy because there was a culture in the group therapy of asking people directly, you're looking at me in this way and I think you're thinking this about me. And and very often the response would not be what I expected. On the other hand, I do not want to invalidate myself or anyone else who experiences emotional distress at someone's tone of voice or look because sometimes people use their tones of voice and and their body language and their ways of observing other people in quite an aggressive way. One of the more confusing aspects of having borderline personality disorder is navigating what's what. Is it about me and my intense emotional reactions or is it about the other person and the fact that they are actually using their tone of voice and their facial expressions to be aggressive or diminishing or somehow judgmental. Well, one of the key parts of sorting this out for me has been to consider that in any interaction, there could be a bit of both at play. There could be an element of me having a reaction and possibly interpreting another person's non-verbal communication in a way that isn't exactly accurate. And there could also be a part of their communication which is aggressive. Rather than A or B, then, a bit of A and a bit of B. When I keep this in mind, it helps me to come down a bit quicker from the intense emotion mind state that I'm plunged into in certain interpersonal communications. The minute I notice myself entering into the territory of rage-filled judgments, such as, they hate me, I'm useless, if they don't like me, I'm a complete failure, I try to notice that I'm having them and notice non-judgmentally that I'm having them, which can be really challenging for me at times. And then I let my emotional state calm down a bit before I think further about what's actually gone on in the interaction. And I find that thinking about these things as grey areas rather than as strictly black or white, which is something that I do when I'm in what I call BPD thinking, can be quite helpful, even though it does feel uncomfortable. I want to share with you an experience that I had this past week. I have been doing a part-time teacher training course designed to give me the skills to teach and train adults. I chose to do that course because I am a creative artist and designer and I'm looking for realistic ways of working part-time that allow me to manage my health and also to do something meaningful. The culmination of the course was these past two weeks in which all students were expected to deliver a short teaching session of about 15 to 20 minutes on a topic of our choice. There's another student in the class who I really struggle with. My experience of her, and I stress that this is my experience of her, I'm not saying that this is who she is as a person because I don't know her and I don't know what's going through her head, is that she comes across as quite cold and judgmental. I find her a bit 
bit patronising in her tone. And my perception is that she is like that with me more than she is with other people. I've found that I start feeling quite ashamed and a bit small. I have no reason to feel ashamed or small because I'm there on the course with her as a fellow student doing the work and showing up. While I was delivering my presentation, I was looking around the room, making eye contact with people. Unlike the other students, I noticed she was sort of staring off into space and she looked really bored and irritated. It was really unnerving because, you know, when the one person that you're slightly intimidated by looks as if they're just really bored with what you're delivering, it's not exactly a pleasant experience. And This would be the case for anyone, I think. I don't think anyone really enjoys getting up and speaking publicly and feeling judged. However, those of us with BPD and trauma, I think, can get really triggered by certain personalities and certain looks and tones. After the presentation, I felt pretty deflated, especially when continuing to watch the other students' presentations, they seemed to get a much more lively response. In particular, this woman seemed to be much more engaged with them and I noticed even in the class that I was giving a lot of power to this woman my feelings were really taking over and I was getting into what I know as through dialectical behavioral therapy emotion mind you may have another term for it it's that space where when you have BPD you can just get into that intense emotional state where you're not able to think in a balanced way. This continued further. We had a break from the class and I was sitting with a couple of people and she came and joined us. This woman was just silent and it it felt like because she was engaging with other people that she was deliberately ignoring me. Ever since this happened, on the one hand, I'm really proud of myself that I showed up and I did something that was outside my comfort zone. And it is something that's going to give me a skill that I can hopefully use. But just that look and that tone from this woman has completely thrown me off. And I know that part of that is because I have certain quite full-on vulnerabilities at the moment, that being a grieving process from losing my dog. I've had a bereavement, also a house move, which is one of the most stressful things that anyone can go through. But I want to put it out to you, listeners, um, those of you who have BPD slash EUPD and or who identify as being very emotionally sensitive, who get triggered due to previous trauma. What? How do you cope when you get um, when you get triggered like that? For me, I think one of the real game changers has been to take a step back and wait until I'm out of that intensely emotional state before I really start thinking about what's actually going on. I've also found it helpful to speak to people who won't judge me and at the same time who may gently reinforce my coping skills and the things that help me to put things in perspective and not give any one person too much power. Another thing I've learned is to try to stay in the present as much as possible and to do things that help me stay in the present. I'm going to suggest a few coping tools that are helpful to me. One of them for me is really putting into perspective how important that person is in my life. And the reality is with this particular person is it feels like 
she's very important and her assessment of me is very important and I'm not minimising that it feels that way. However, the current reality is that this is not someone who has any importance to my life. She's not in a position to give me a grade or withhold a grade. She's not someone I'm friends with. She's not someone I'm ever going to see, in fact, after next week. The reality is she's really not that important and it's helpful for me to then focus on people who are important to me and nurture those relationships and remember what I do get from those relationships as a way of countering the intensity of the effect of this other person. Another thing that helps me is when I get into this emotional triggered state, I want to lash out at the person. It may not even be that I have an urge to have a verbal outburst at them. I may have other urges to be sarcastic or to roll my eyes or to find ways to undermine them and make them feel the way they've made me feel. When I do that, I start feeling shame about myself because I've acted in a way that's not congruent with my values. Heads up, the next episode is going to be all about defining your values, so stay tuned for that. Me making an effort not to react is not about me being some sort of goody two-shoes or being an upright moral person. It's really about helping myself to feel better about myself. And even though I would get a quick temporary gratification from lashing out at this woman in some way, the long-term effect is that it would lower my own self-respect. Another thing that's helped me around this incident is to validate my emotions and this is why I find it so absolutely crucial to have peers, a therapist, someone who will not go, oh my god, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you feeling like that? Because I do that to myself as it is. My habitual response is to invalidate myself and shame myself for having these intense emotional reactions. I find it really helps if I can go, you know what? You've been triggered. You are experiencing these emotions. No, they may not be based in fact. At the same time, you're experiencing these emotions and no one can take that from you. Then I say, well, I am going to just do what I need to do to lower my distress level. Today, I went out with a friend of mine and her two dogs, and she knew my dog really well, and that was a nice thing to do. I also got a tattoo of my dog, which I'm pleased I did. That was a meaningful thing for me to do. I supported someone else hearing their presentation which they're going to be delivering as part of an assessment for a course they're doing. I still felt pretty crap but you know what doing those things made the day better than if I'd been ruminating about this woman she would have just taken over my whole weekend. I have reduced my distress somewhat that has allowed me to start thinking through a bit more what would be in my best interest regarding how I interact with this woman? What I'm planning to do is to use a strategy that I've garnered from dialectical behavioural therapy, which is to pre-cope. I've made a decision to say, right, I'm going to go in and if I get critiqued by her, I'm going to try and respond in this way and I'm going to work that out. And I'm also going to have something that I do after the session's over. Afterwards is when I might feel quite triggered again and quite wound up. So I want to have something in place to support me so that if I do have urges to do something that's not in my best interest, I have something else in place that I can work with that will hopefully take the place of other types of activities that don't support me. 
I am an adult and no other adult has power over me emotionally. My impulse when I feel invalidated or triggered is to isolate myself. I think it's something that many of us do do. I want to stress how important I think it is to do the counterintuitive thing of, oh, I don't feel like eating anything or looking after myself today because I'm triggered. Well, I'm going to try and eat something nurturing for me, or I'm going to try and go out for a walk. I'm going to try and do that thing that helps me to connect to myself a bit. I find that can be quite a good antidote when we're really triggered. I really need to practice doing these things when I'm not super, super intensely emotionally distressed or triggered because it creates a sort of pattern and it makes it easier to access those tools and those coping skills than when I am emotionally distressed. For me, being triggered is a part of having a history of trauma and BPD, as far as I'm concerned, is a set of symptoms that do relate in part to having a trauma history. Ultimately, I need to dig deep with the help of a professional and look at these triggers and how they relate to past experiences of trauma in my life. That's something that's very much an ongoing process for me. I have experienced trying to get into figuring out my trauma history too quickly for me personally and then that led to me becoming quite mentally unwell again. I've learned and I'm learning that it really is a balance between being able to manage in the present and also to tolerate the distress and the discomfort of looking into my past. That includes experiences in adulthood that were traumatic and perhaps themselves informed by childhood experiences. Please remember that when I talk about learning coping strategies to manage myself interpersonally when I'm triggered, that is not to invalidate anyone's experience of trauma and emotional distress. I share these tools simply because living a life that's less painful, more tolerable and ultimately more fulfilling has meant learning to manage my emotions while honouring those emotions and the information they provide me about my past. I reiterate, I think it's extremely important to have a professional versed in supporting people with personality disorders and trauma to sort this stuff through. Now, the reality is for many of us, if we're dependent on the national health system, if we're in the UK, it's actually quite difficult to get access to a qualified professional. Very often we're on long waiting lists for treatment, which is not often the greatest or not tailored to help us. So we have to be creative and I'll be looking at different options for those of us dependent on the NHS in another episode. That's my episode on tones and looks and how they can trigger us. And if you have your own experiences, your own coping skills of this this type of thing i would really love to hear about them and you can tweet me at beyond the border three so that's at beyond the b-o-r-d-e the number three i look forward to connecting with you in the next episode i wish you a peaceful 24 hours ahead and at the very least a few peaceful hours in your day take care bye